thank you for joining us again on another great edition of Talking Tigs. It's great because we got a win this weekend. LSU took care of Mississippi State 31-16 at home in Death Valley at night, as it should be. Can't wait to get into that for you folks. And uh, talk about anything else that kind of happened in college football. It wasn't too many other big games this weekend, but definitely some games of, of interest, uh, especially next weekend, as uh, the Tigers are going to face New Mexico State next weekend, and it's... Uh, probably not going to be too much on anybody's radar, but uh, it, it will be a game, a tune-up for other games down the road. We got that. Uh, I don't know. Some Tigers might have had some recruits on campus this weekend, too. A um, lot, lot going on down in Baton Rouge. Uh, before we break all that down, I want to check in with the co-host, see how y'all are doing. By the way, I'm Scott Gerard. And introducing uh, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Guys, uh, good weekend all in all, I hope, you know, LSU aside. But, um, yeah, how, how y'all doing on this fine Monday evening? Yeah, doing good. Be good to be back with you, Scott. Um, excited to talk about a, our first SEC win and what I think was a, you know, we talked about it last week being a, this was a really important game and, you know, could have gone either, it could have gone either way. And, and I feel like if LSU were to, to have lost this game, we'd be sitting, you know, looking yeah. at a one and two team saying, Man, yeah. I don't know about this whole, I don't know about this year, but, uh, yeah. You know, now we're we're seem like we're I feel like we're in a good spot. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed watching the game this Saturday. I was very nervous going into it. Uh I predicted a one point win on the podcast and uh even that was looking too optimistic for a while as state got out to a hot start and then it took a, a big fourth quarter comeback to to pull away. But uh it, I think it did inject a lot of life into the program and the team and, and myself. And so I'm happy to to talk about that with y'all. And it, it certainly makes for uh, more optimistic podcasting. Heard. Absolutely. And by the way, speaking of uh, what, what, what was your prediction? Do you know? Cause I, I after this, the game was over, I was like, wait a second. I think I almost, I think I said 31 to 24. Wasn't too far off. Uh, but what was, do you, what was your prediction? You, yeah. I think you were the closest Scott. I had 27, 26 LSU. That's right, that's right. At one point it was 17 to 16 LSU. So it was like the same score yeah. off by 10, uh, yeah. but then LSU scored a couple more times, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't allow Mississippi state to score, but um, yeah, that was, that was amazing. Uh, do you remember what you had Tommy? I think you were, you had 30, you were in the thirties too, weren't you? Yeah. I think yeah. I had like 35, 28. Okay. Yeah. Or 30, 30. I had us winning by like uh, maybe Six, yeah, seven. I, I think I even threw in with mine that Tigers would come from behind to do it, which they did. But uh, I did not expect that because um, it was what sixteen to ten or something heading into the uh, to the fourth quarter, and mm-hmm. LSU just scored twenty one straight, and it was it was uh, I don't know, it was, it was it was a great performance. I mean, the defense it was like the defense we knew of old, right? They were just very stout, always keep the offense in the game. Um, I, I felt like it's it's good that we, you know, we have a QB that can keep us in the game that way. More to break down on Jaden Daniels, but I mean, overall, I don't know what else you could ask for the defense. I mean, they they in effect shut Will Rogers and this this whole air raid thing down. I mean, yeah. he had some decent numbers to the end of the game not for what they're used to but you know just college football in general those decent numbers you know he was 24 42 214 yards but his numbers in Jaden Daniels were pretty much similar right but I would you'd like you would think Jaden Daniels had the better game of course he didn't throw it away uh Jaden Daniels is very good with protecting the football 
uh, also what I think helps us. But overall, man, I think uh, the defense and what else could you ask them to do? And uh, offense, I don't know. I, I thought we we saw some strides. It was what third different O line in as many weeks. Uh, so they're still, you know, still kind of trying to find that that whatever that cohesive unit's going to be. Maybe this is it. Uh, I guess we'll see. But Tommy, overall, man, what did you think? Were you uh, surprised on either end, or is it like uh, kind of what you expected? Um, gosh, I mean, I, I'm just. I don't know if I, I I feel like I am a little bit surprised. I think that our our defense had even improved in in a way that um I was a little bit worried. I didn't know if we'd be able to, especially after the loss of uh, of uh, Mason Smith in Week One. Um, mm. I mean, you know, you're going up against an SEC SEC team where uh, it's known for throwing the ball. Um, you know, one of the problems spots we talked about was, uh, secondary and it seemed like there was no problems with the secondary, especially at the safety position. I know Daniel, me and you were texting about it. I mean, Jay Ward looked like, I mean, he looked like an all American in that, <laughs> yeah. that game. Um, he, I mean, he might be our best player on the, on the defense. I, I'm super impressed. I was impressed with him. I've been impressed with him every game so far, and it seems like he's just getting better and better. And, um, I think that he's, you know, he's kind of has like a Grant Delpit effect where he seems to be able to get, um, get everybody in the right position. And, 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 you know, he's, when he's playing well, everyone else seems to be playing better in the, in the secondary. Yeah. Um, That's what you need. Yeah, absolutely. And then on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, I think we ran the ball a lot better than we, than we had in week one. Um, John Emery didn't really step, stand out on the stat sheet. I think he had like 30 something yards on 11 carries um armani goodwin looked good uh and and, I, and together they combined to to rush for 100 yards and then you know you throw in Jaden daniels rushing it's another 100 so we rushed for 200 yards um and then and then like you said jade uh, jade daniels threw for 200 so a, a pretty all-around good performance i will say i mean like and like we said we started off slow at the beginning of the game on the offensive side of the ball to me I mean, almost this. I don't know how you, how y'all felt. This felt like a throwback to me. Like this felt like a 2015 game or a 2013 LSU game. <laughs> yeah, like like defense yeah. dominated. Yeah. They can't do. You know, we're, we're we're really keep the defense is keeping us in the game. We just gotta if we can just put something together, we'll, we can we can get into it there on the offensive side. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you hold a very capable Mississippi State offense to 16 points then that's a, like all you can ask from your defense and you'd have to get or rely on your offense to scratch out 17 and you can win the game. Uh, and the thing that stood out the most to me about this was how I think this showed the defensive line finally played up to their billing as like one of, if not the premier D line in all of college football, uh, if not the SEC, maybe barring like Georgia or Alabama. Clemson. Yeah, exactly. Led by BJ Ojolari, who had a really big game. Uh, like I think, two and a half tackles for loss, one and a half sacks. Uh, and they, they had constantly had the pressure on Will Rogers, which was forcing him to make a few errant throws uh, that were taken advantage of by our secondary. And I think Mississippi state, they didn't do themselves a whole lot of favors. They made kind of the, the most miscues in the game with, they had a muff punt that we snatched up uh, big play by Slade Roy um, they had a few fourth down turnovers with some questionable play calling and decisions mm. by Mike Leach and then a lot of drop passes as well. But I mean, you take what's given to you in the game and the Tigers did turn some of those late in the game into points that sealed the deal. 
Uh, so it, w- it was slow going on offense at the beginning. Um, we couldn't really find a rhythm. Our offensive line was looking a bit suspicious at the beginning uh, with allowing pressure to Jaden Daniels. And then we finally kind of found the rhythm. I think Will Campbell and Emory Jones getting his first start played pretty well as true freshmen uh, as the the tackle bookends of the line. And then once uh, once Jaden Daniels started getting his connection with Malik Neighbors going, uh, then it was, it was smooth sailing from there. So I'm excited to see more of that um, and and happy that we, we found our groove in the end of the defense. If they can play like that, then we can really compete with almost anybody in the SEC. Yeah, and it was uh, it was actually something that Jaden Daniels uh, mentioned after the game. He, I mean, he got the game ball, and you know, I'd say obviously. I mean, that's that, I'd say he's probably the reason LSU ultimately won the game. In addition to the to the great defense you guys talked about, uh, it's 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 something he gave credit to Brian Kelly and his staff because of their like strength and conditioning program. And he just said, "Yeah, man, just what have they been doing for us? Like, it's like we're." We're, we're finding more energy in the, th- you know, in the third and fourth quarter. And it's like, that's what he noticed in Mississippi state was they, that he could kind of see them getting tired. And I was like, well, well, I guess I could, could explain how we scored 21 to nothing uh, against them in the fourth quarter. Uh, and if that's the case, uh, it, it's great. Yeah. It's like, you, uh, you, you're going to need that stamina, especially at the, at the end of a long, long grueling season. And I think what strides we did make, like, you know, kind of what I was saying with the defense, like what more could you ask for? What more could you ask for with two starting freshmen on your offensive line? Yeah. Right. Like the, the sky's the limit there. It's like, notice how it's like they want, they've kept rotating, finding that, that solution, but they've kept both of them in there. So obviously they want, like, these are the best guys we have. Yeah. Just trying to figure out that combination that works. And I don't know if we found it completely, you know, it's like, it, I thought it'd been a great one to have John Emery back and then just boom, boom, big place for him. Jaden Daniels got out of the, like most of the rushing yards. Um, and I was someone's going to ask you guys about, cause it, it could be on everybody's mind. Maybe Brian Kelly even talks about it after the game. It's just some of uh, like some of what he can do with his legs. It's amazing. And you don't want him to lose that. But like in some of these instances, do you think like if he's tucking and running, like, has he just given up on everything in front of him or is there still something he could do? Like if he starts running and like, a DB or safety commits to him, maybe someone's open because he's not to the line of scrimmage yet. Like, does that cross his mind or is it just panic mode? I'm running. I, you know, I think that, I think that's, and this is something I noticed um, watching the game. Uh, it, it, but it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a little catch 22 because you can't like, this is his, that's his skill set. That's his talent. He's a scrambler. Sure. He's he's sure. maybe I mean he's showing to be one of the best scramblers maybe in college football right now. You know for the first three weeks. Yeah. And yet, like you said, yeah, you don't want to take that away from him. But uh, think back to that touchdown where he ran it in. He kind of like went in backwards. It was kind of a weird. You know, he's like moving <laughs> into the end zone. Yeah. Um, I mean, Kayshawn was open. You know that little they, that little leak route to the to the uh, to the sideline, and uh, you know if he if he throws it over on pretty much back shoulder, it's a touchdown. But it's but it's just uh, and, I, and I saw that multiple times, and I think it's it's just that he's whereas like Burrow or you know take your pick maybe Tua or a quarterback who's known for really throwing, um, 
that is that's their safety blanket. It's like you know what I'm when in doubt I can I'm going to rely on my arm. It's the opposite for Daniels. When in doubt, yeah. like if it's a 50-50 ball, I'm not going to throw it up and let my guy make a play. It's I'm going to I'm going to go make the play. Yeah. And so I can't necessarily fault him for it. No, he, no. You can't ask him to be. It's like, oh man, I wish he, I wish he was Tom Brady. I wish he was. I wish he was Patrick Mahomes. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we all do, but uh, he's not. Yeah, I think building off what you said, like some quarterbacks, like Joe Burrow, they, they cycle or Tom Brady, whatever. They cycle through their progression quickly. Uh, they can assess a lot of options uh, in in the heat of the moment. And Jaden Daniels, sometimes it seems like he has like a hot route that he's looking to, and if it's not there, then like his second option is boom, like off with the legs. It's like and, one, yeah, it'd be like one, two. Okay, I'm running instead mm-hmm. of one, two, three. Let me look around. Yeah. You know, something, Scott, like you mentioned, something Burrow used to do, run at, like, move the pocket, run out of the pocket, and then look downfield. And that's when you catch Jordan Jefferson running across the field uh, against Texas and you win the game. Or or against uh, Georgia in the SEC championship game. Yeah. It sets you up to win the game as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I would say, um, again, I don't want – I don't want Jaden to lose his scrambling because it's it's going to help us in many games. I just it's like you, you can't scramble and win the you like you can't just win the game with scrambling. I don't think against you know, like the Alabamas, but um, I mean, you scramble yeah. against Will Anderson and ugh. yeah, yeah, right. Um, but that's that's the thing is like you said in, in his touchdown, he was like backing into the end zone and you know he got a little a shot going in and that's that's football. But like when he came up the veil, like he had a shiner on that eyebrow. Yeah. And then like later in the game, he you know you could tell he got hit in like the leg or something, probably a Charlie horse. So he was kind of limping off the field mm-hmm. after the series. And it's he was fine. But you know, at some point the more you run, the more you get hit, you know? Yeah, so. no, I mean and and gosh, I mean can you imagine well, I'm not even gonna say it, but there's there is some danger with him running as in the sec but sure i I just i i have to you know there's a lot of people saying like oh like he needs to uh gosh you know he needs to sit back in the pocket and throw more and like well Mm -hmm. i I think he needs to i think he needs to do his he needs to play his game and we knew we knew going in that was something i i feel like i remember us talking about when we when he picked him out of the portal like this is a guy who who as a, as a fresh as a freshman at Arizona State, um, like ran through the ESPN highlights for his legs, not for his surgical dismantling of defenses. Yeah, yeah, and I think that maybe this uh, I could be wrong on this, but it seems like almost sometimes he's a little bit afraid to make a mistake, like throwing deep downfield over the middle, because we saw during the game, he tried to push the sideline a little bit, but it had multiple kind of overthrows. Like he yeah. was throwing it like two or three people deep into the benches, but he didn't really make kind of those deep middle throws that uh, can chunk down a defense and get the ball rolling. And I don't know if he like, is scared to throw an interception or what. And I think the, the person who's, uh, gets hurt the most by that is maybe our one of our biggest weapons, Kayshawn Butte, who that's a little bit of his like bread and butter in his route running. Like, um, yeah. And he's been held to less than 100 yards combined over three games. So that was kind of a point I wanted to bring up. Like, yeah, our offense is, is doing okay, but um, is, is there still an issue there? Like, because we saw a similar thing against Mississippi State 
or that seemed like they had a few designed like gadget plays for him at the beginning and then he kind of faded away throughout the rest of the game. So I don't know whether it's a design scheme or a, or an effort thing or just a, a miscommunication, but hopefully they can get him more involved consistently, I think, over the course of a game. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that in order to, you know, this and this is a great win. I think this is an important win. This really sets us on the right track for the rest of the season. But Scott, like you're talking about, if you're going to compete with the with the Alabamas, Tennessees, A and M's, although I mean, I guess A and M's maybe on the down downslope. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, if you're going to compete with some of the best teams that we're going to play, yeah, you got to have your best player involved. Um, but I mean, hey, Malik Neighbors is also looking really good, right? <laughs> like he's um he had a great game. Yeah, I know. It's like if they have that connection and their timing is great. I mean, that that fourth and three play, and I don't think anyone expected that. Obviously, Mississippi State didn't, but it, it looked just so perfect. It looked like that's what they wanted to the whole time. Yeah. I think it, like they were looking for it because they knew they were getting some one-on-one out there. But, but something Brian Kelly said, too, he's like earlier, like you were talking about, Daniel, those those overthrows, and you could see it, too. It was just the guy was open, but just the ball was not in the right spot. And it was something about he was – he was trying to throw it to the guy's outside shoulder, maybe like you're saying, Tommy. He's just afraid to have it picked off, uh, but in doing so, he's just, you know, he's just it's just getting away on, kind of like a like a slider. <laughs> so yeah. I, he he changed like they just had a nice soft throw. It worked out perfectly, um, and yeah, I don't. I think they, you know, it's like they, we, you know, take Daniel Den, Jaden Daniels out of for a second. You know, it could have been anybody back there, but it's like until this offensive line is you know, find that right combination and they can, you know, figure out what that's going to be moving forward. You know, it's, it's probably going to be the case for anyone. You think now that John Emery's back, maybe it'll help with the run game, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if the two, maybe the, the, you know, they aren't mutually exclusive, right? Cause he, he looked fine. It just, I don't know. The, the, be- the best runs came from Jaden Daniels that night. So uh, I don't know. I guess we could find out something maybe in New Mexico, like they'll, like they would have to get Keyshawn involved, right? To the point where, come on, dude, we're gonna we're gonna give you, like, we're just gonna open the playbook. I don't know, just give him the opportunity because, like you said, it's like they go to him sometimes and it it's worked, but it's like he's finding better success with the Malik neighborses. Uh, so I don't know. It, well, you know, I also wonder if it, maybe there's just maybe they just don't have that that connection that that timing down, like you said. Like the uh, you know, maybe uh, he's not um, Kayshawn is you know not not used to catching that ball. Well, he should be used to catching the ball by now. But like you know, it, it comes out it, it comes out different from every every quarterback's hands. Mm-hmm. You know, and some people say that oh, like this guy throws a very catchable ball. This guy throws a little bit of a more difficult ball. So you know, maybe maybe they just need a little bit more time. It's not what you want to hear, but it might be that. Right. Um, it could be, and it could be. It's like, I, I do think though that some of it has to be with his pocket always collapsing. So he's, he probably don't have time to just sit back there and throw dimes all the time. But I, I do think if he can think of the line of scrimmage is like, as far as he has to throw it, like he could just like, they know he's going to run now. So now he can use it to his advantage. Just go up to the line and pull up at the last second. Boop. I don't even care if I see a jump pass, right? It's just, I think it'll work if we try it. Yeah. Uh, but like, again, I, you know, we have New Mexico, New Mexico State, Southwest, Midwest coming into town. This is the week to try it because 
uh, I think Tennessee is going to be it's going to be like the same fight as Mississippi State. Well, we have we have Auburn after New Mexico. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Auburn, who actually is not looking very good. No, no. Uh, I mean, all indicate like they're already talking about Brian Harson to be hired at Arizona State because <laughs> they're going to get rid of Aaron Edwards. So uh, that's that's just funny how coach who hasn't been fired yet is already consideration for his next job. Uh, but yeah, Auburn does not look good at all, um, and they they ultimately pulled T.J. Finley right. Like they said, we wanted to run the ball, we just we couldn't. You don't see what we see in the meetings. Uh, but, yeah, they don't look good. Yeah, they well, look, yeah, they don't look good. They, poor Tank Bigsby. I mean, he's he's about the only good player on that team, it seems like. Yeah. yeah. Before uh, before we get to that, I wanted to mention one last thing on Mississippi State and say a name that we hadn't mentioned, which was Harold Perkins. Oh, yeah. Uh, who had a real big game as a true freshman, getting, I think, his first start uh, is at linebacker. At linebacker, yeah. Yeah, and then he had, like I mentioned with uh, – BJ, he Perkins put a lot of pressure in the backfield, came up with several clutch tackles. I uh, was in there on a couple of fourth downs, I think, and definitely proved like he was a future SEC backer, was getting a lot of uh, comparison already because he wears number 40 to Devin White, to Devin White uh, yeah. who I got Devin White's rookie card sitting on my desk right here. <laughs> so maybe I'll have Harold Perkins one day. But I think him and, and Micah Baskerville seem like our best linebacker duo. And we almost seem to operate a little bit better in like a 4-2 scheme, like playing two backers. Yeah, 4-2-5 um, with uh, – yeah. Well, you know, that, that also – that lets us put um, – put more DBs on the field, which just seems to be like our sh- a strength right now. Especially yeah. Unless you, you got like, gr- you know, Greg Brooks had another good game. Uh, like what it, I saw from him. Yeah. Like when him and Sage Ryan can kind of float and, and make plays instead of stacking like four or three, uh, like just three tacklers. Uh, I think that's good, but yeah, excited to see more from Perkins um, against some, some more competition, but I had to give him a shout out. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no doubt. Uh, glad you did. I, I was, thinking about it as well Perkins J Ward but you guys mentioned him um I don't know I'm still kind of waiting on a a big I don't know just I guess a splash like a breakout game from somebody else like Jack Betch or uh where is Jack Betch he had two catches all two catches in three games I was thinking the same thing like when I was talking about how Kayshawn hasn't really stepped up but he's faded a lot too so eh. but it is he's I feel like he's just getting a little bit buried it's not necessarily I, like it's not like he's been he's not dropping passes or or you know he's just not getting targeted i guess yeah uh, i don't know i guess we'll see um but i mean it, mississippi state was a ranked but i don't think anyone picked lsu except for the you know those in certain area codes uh to pick you know for, for lsu to win uh but not only did they win it's like we we basically doubled them up so I, I don't know. That's to me, that's an upset, right? Like um, yeah. we, we all thought this game was going to be a little bit closer than it was. Uh, no one picked us to win, but still it's like the, you know, there's close games, some upsets, maybe some like, Oh God, that's horrible. Like Auburn, you know, <laughs> um, but Michigan state lost to Washington. Uh, Texas was having a tough time with uh UT San Antonio. Yeah, they were. Uh, yeah, Frank Frank Wilson had them in good position ever since he left. But um, yeah, Texas just – it's like it, it makes that Alabama game just even weirder, right? Uh, I don't know. Is there anything else you guys saw this weekend that's like, huh, well, that's interesting? Uh, uh, 
it was kind of like you said with the teams, there wasn't a lot of upsets, but there were some close games. Like Florida tried to give it away against South Florida at the yeah. end, and they were lucky yeah. to, to win. The Florida hype train has died down a little bit since their, their big win against Utah. Um, although they actually do get college game day at Tennessee and Knoxville, which should be a pretty fun one. Tennessee hype train is, is about at an all time high since it feels like 98 again. Okay. Uh, and then uh, other than that, n- not too many crazy games. Um, Hold on though. Well, there was, there was two, one Daniel, your green wave, man, they took out Kansas state for us. We couldn't beat them last year. So now the, the green wave took them out this weekend. Yeah. Tulane three and zero for the first time since 1998, actually, um, I was yeah. texting a family member. I was like, if LSU loses this game, we might have a new best team in Louisiana. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not sure they can take that all the way, but happy to, to see that. Right. Did y'all see that, uh, that app state Troy state? Yeah. The hail Mary at the end. That was crazy. Crazy. But man, App State, they, uh, you, you could say that's a fluke, but hey, they, 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 they've got something, man. It's like, you know, Boise State back in the day. There's just something about them. You can't count them out. Yeah, true. Um, doesn't matter the competition either. It could be a Division One or just somebody we should be blowing the doors off of. Uh, but yeah, one too many like marquee games. You could say Miami, Texas A&M because at the time both were ranked i think even now still somehow both are still ranked but it was just a just a boring ass game <laughs> and a&m looked bad so bad they went to max johnson and looked better actually i was waiting for the, auburn to kind of make that switch ultimately they did but you know it's just it's like they didn't go to calzada and had they done that, you know, the whole transitive properties and college football thing would have happened because you go to your backup from LSU and then you can win or vice versa. But uh, Miami didn't look good at all in the game. You know, at least Texas A&M could pull it out. But I, I'm still not convinced that Texas A&M – I don't know. We make fun of them because, you know, you call them 8-4 and four instead of A&M. But I don't even know if they got eight whims in right? Well, they, they play Arkansas this week in Jerry World in Dallas. So that's they've kind of like built that one up as a pretty big game in the past couple of years. So uh, it, was a, it was one of the best games of the season last year. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, even this week, like Arkansas had trouble with Missouri State. Yeah. So uh, that could game could really go either way. But I guess the overall, the bigger picture for me is it's like I still feel good about LSU's chances with our schedule. Like I feel like they have an opportunity to overachieve because. Auburn is obviously not what they, you know, hope to be or what we thought they could be. Uh, A&M definitely um, oversold beginning of the season. Arkansas, maybe. Ole Miss, I don't know. I mean, they blew out Georgia Tech, but I, I don't know if that's really anything to gauge it on. But it's like there's nobody else in the West that's just really impressive. I'm not going to say Alabama because they're always like the, the, the cream of the crop. So, uh, well, I think the West is wide open after Bama. Yeah. Well, one thing I wanted to say kind of about LSU's schedule going forwards is that the Mississippi state win feels good, but then I looked at our schedule from last year and it's kind of eerily similar to what's happened this year where we lost the the first hyped up out of conference game. And then we went on to win three straight against two cupcakes and then Mississippi state, just like this year. Uh, so that's very similar to this year when we got New Mexico coming up. And then last year, after that three and one start, I remember we were feeling good. We beat Mississippi State. We were like, "All right, we got the SEC win." And then we proceeded to lose five out of the next six. And we lost. Um, we lost in, in absolute embarrassing fashion to Auburn at home. 
that was, was over. We lost to Auburn, then we got throttled by Kentucky, um, had a miracle win at home against Florida, and then Ole Miss, A&M, Arkansas, three L's back to back to back. So, and then looking at this year's schedule, we got New Mexico and Auburn. New Mexico, that should be a win, obviously, and Auburn not too bad. But then after that, it's a bit of a murderer's row uh, of competition. So there you're just hoping to, to scrape out a couple wins. So I'm not um, flying the flag a thousand feet high at this point, uh, keeping a little bit of caution, but I think there is potential. I just don't want to see a repeat of last year. Cause I remember that feeling when we were three and five and then it was like, well, the season just bleh. And then we got two kind of consolation wins, but mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it is what well, it is. I-, I can tell you this. We're not going to see a repeat of last year because well, Bo Nix doesn't play for Auburn. So we don't have to worry about that. Uh, and you know, anybody else at Auburn who could play, it's like we they either played with us or we already beat them. So <laughs> yeah, not, not 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 too worried about it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like overall I like our chances better. I think uh, you know the East is still shaking itself out too. Kentucky Kentucky hasn't taken a dip at all. Like they look like they could compete for a second. I think Georgia's still like far and above the best out of, out of the East. It's you know probably them and Bama in the SEC overall. But I was about to say Georgia Georgia, Georgia looks so good. It's not even funny this year. Yeah. They, yeah. Every every week it looks like they're improving from last year. Because until South Carolina scored a touchdown against Georgia's like third stringers at the very end, they were allowing one point per game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I think next week the Florida-Tennessee game is going to be really, really good one. Really, I don't know. I don't know what it'll tell us, but uh, we'll see. And, yeah, we'll, we'll do what we have to do against New Mexico State. Before we welcome Auburn. Um, oh, no, we go to Auburn. To Auburn, sorry. Um, that's to right. the Plains. Yeah, to the Plains. Um, I don't know. What, what else, What else, you guys? Because uh, that was about it, right? I think so, yeah. This week, I think, is looking a little bit more hefty in terms of like marquee matchups other than LSU. Uh, I think Clemson gets their first test at Wake Forest. Um, yep. Maybe their biggest one of the year besides North Carolina State. 11 a.m. kickoff. Ugh. A lot of people yeah. have been hyping up the uh, the basketball bowl, a.k.a. 3-0 Duke at 3-0 Kansas. Who would have seen <laughs> that one coming? Uh, and they were saying that the college game day should have gone to Kansas for that. Uh, then they, they ultimately chose the uh, Kentucky – or no, excuse me, Tennessee-Florida game. Uh, but so if you're looking to see some non-traditional football powers duke it out, that might be the one for you. Um, mm-hmm. Texas versus Texas Tech. Sometimes the Red Raiders have given Texas fits occasionally. Guns up. Yeah, Tommy's doing it. Guns up, horns down. Uh, and then uh, – oh, yeah, the aforementioned oh. Arkansas A&M at the end I think is kind of the the late game. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm, I'm honestly excited about Tennessee-Florida too. Um, but – uh, yeah, Arkansas A&M is probably going to be my – that's going to be my uh, – my what I'm living for the rest of this week. Um, and I'm, I'm, I love I love what Arkansas is doing. I love to watch A&M lose. So uh, I think it's going to be a, a good weekend for us for, for those two reasons. Right on. Uh, yeah, and the uh, – well, they had the 2011 team – I guess most of them, the, the SEC winning team uh, there this this weekend. It was kind of cool to see them all back. I mean, because before 2019, that was arguably the best LSU team that 
you know, could have been on a field at, right at one time. Uh, just so much talent from, from that year, from that title game from that year. Did we, uh, did we want to do any score predictions real quick against New Mexico, even though I think we all are going to be in pretty much the same camp. Right. Uh, I'll say a lot too little LSU. Yeah, really a lot too little. That sounds good yeah. to me. <laughs> I mean, New, Me- New Mexico is at least FBS, unlike Southern. So they may, they're putting scholarship athletes out there on the field. Uh, and then they're actually two and one, uh, which is not, not the worst thing, but yeah, I'm still thinking something like 45, 17 LSU where like they'll, they'll score a time or two, but it won't even really be competitive. Also the night, the night games continue the six thirty PM kickoff and Auburn already got confirmed for the six o'clock ESPN primetime game. Yeah. Uh, so LSU every single game up to this point, night game, kind of interesting. Kind of, kind of interesting until it's going to be one of, it's going to be like, we're going to, we're going to be undefeated with the, or we're going to win the rest of our games. And then we're going to have like a big, the, our big game against like Tennessee or something is going to be 11 a.m. kickoff. Mm-hmm. Like our, well, um, it's <laughs> like when our, uh, our uh, game against Florida last year was 11. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of Florida, uh, yeah, they did not look good. And I don't know, it's just <clears throat> Billy Napier. Like we, it, it was interesting though, because on the SEC network, that, those were the two coaches they had on this morning, Brian Kelly and Billy Napier. It's like basically some of our last, our final coach, coaching prospects. Um, I don't know. I, Billy Napier was like, running the ball really well. But then at the end of the game, he kind of was like trying to get his quarterback to throw it. So uh, I don't know. Florida, Florida fans are a little uneasy. I mean, he's still got to win, but uh, just kind of, kind of interesting how, how, how teams and the fan bases like can judge coaching. Cause you know, Auburn's kind of lost it for Brian Harson at this point. I think like if they'd have done okay against Penn state, but still lost, that'd be one thing, but they just like, they just got blown out at home and that that's not that should not happen so uh i don't know it's i feel like each week our team is getting better right you think about last year what was it not until like the alabama game where it's like oh my god this is what the defense was supposed to be all season it's like they finally figured it out and they only had they had less than a year to do it so if you think well if everything stays in place and there's no changes we should be as good if not better than next year Right. So it's like hopefully they're figuring out sooner than they did last year. Uh, it's just not all, you know, all over the place. But I feel like as, as long as they get better, uh, LSU could could really have something by the end of the year. Just momentum is a program. Yeah. It's yeah. just take, taking it one week at a time and, and focusing on the little things where we've already seen a pretty big improvement across the board in uh, just general game performance. I guess you could call it like sharpness of play. Uh, we had a few we had like five penalties right at the beginning of the game. I was like, what is going on? We couldn't get set on our offensive line, but we'll clean up things like that. And then uh, keep playing like the way we did. And I think we can give some teams fits, which is um, I guess about as good as you can hope for in a coach's first year at the program with the, the level of talent we have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I'm thinking about all of this for not, you know, I'm not, I don't, I care, but I, but th- this is not our year. And I mean, I think everyone knew that going in. If not, you knew that after week one. So what you can take from it is like, you know, man, look at the look at the difference between week one and now. Like the, I think I think Mississippi State's probably a better team than Florida State. And, you know, we really gutted out a win against mm-hmm. against a quality opponent. So um 
I think it shows what Brian Kelly and his staff are able to do and the adjustments they're able to make. Um, people people were ready to hang Matt House for his uh, for his his scheme against Florida State, and then you know now uh, against. Uh, Mississippi State, he comes in and, and he dials up one of the best defensive performances we've seen in, you know, a couple of years. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Florida State's still undefeated. You know, it's like they've they've had like a cupcake, but they also played one of their conference rivals, Louisville, one on the road. Uh, it's probably a similar game to LSU, like it came down in the last few minutes, but um, I, I don't know. The, the more I look at it, it's like, all right, well, maybe FSU was better than we thought, and we're not as good as we thought we were going to be. But as time goes on, you know, you kind of see that, uh, you know, maybe it was pretty evenly matched. I mean, it came down to the <laughs> the last extra point at the last second. So, uh, but obviously still plenty to work on uh, with, with offense and defense for LSU. But like we said, we'll have, we'll have to do it this week against uh, New Mexico State. But um did want to mention though the Tigers had some uh, some good visitors this week, and it always helps to get that you know, that first SEC win. It also helps to win it at home. It also helps to win it at home if you've got some good prospects coming in. Because uh, LSU did, they had a five star cornerback Desmond Ricks, who's what twenty twenty four. As of now, he is the number one cornerback. Supposedly number two overall. Yeah, no, no relation to other cornerback Eli Ricks, as right. far as I'm aware. And who is not playing too much, right? Uh-uh. No. What happened? Well, you know, Saban said he couldn't. He, he didn't really fit in with the Bama with the Bama way. I think. I, I don't. I think he's had a hard time learning uh, how to get things done in Tuscaloosa. Mm, okay. Well. Live and learn, I guess. Uh, yeah. But uh, but um, anyway, I, um. Desmond Ricks is obviously of no relation to uh, Elias Ricks, but hey, uh, his family looked like they had a really good time. So, welcome, welcome to Baton Rouge. Um, I, he was actually offered from the previous administration, and he's still, you know, considering LSU. So that's awesome. But that wasn't the only uh, f- five star they had, right? They had um, what was it? A, it was a. Another guy out of IMG, actually, his his teammate, he was an edge edge guy, uh, Samuel Mpimba. Uh, he was there too. So, I don't know, Brian Kelly's, you know, improving the, in the program, but also uh, still looking ahead. Gotten some good guys coming in this weekend. That helps too. Yeah, and we're we're not really that far away from signing day in November, just like two months away. So early uh, signing day. Yeah, early signing day. Excuse me. So <gasps> a, a good on field product from LSU will definitely go a long way to, to getting those players heading to Baton Rouge, hopefully, because uh, you don't want to commit to a team that's in the gutter. Um, and that would start the Brian Kelly era off poorly. So he he needs all these players to commit and start building his his methods up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, he's obviously focusing on Louisiana, but obviously you got to look outside too. And um, eef, IMG's definitely got some some good ones. So uh, that should be good. And I don't know, guys, I think that was about it, right? Yeah, I think so. Kind of, I mean, I'm just uh, glad we got that win and, and you know, looking forward. Uh, to be honest, I'm ready to look forward to Auburn and kind of move on to the next SEC game. Yeah, and enjoy this one on Saturday. It should be uh, hopefully less stress-free than usually LSU football is on the field. Uh, so take that down and, and watch some other games as well, eat some good food, and, and have a good Saturday. Yeah.
Yeah, be be good host to the uh, was it the Lobos? Mm-hmm. The Lobos coming to town. Be be good hosts to the Lobos. Keep that uh, that Baton Rouge tradition going. Uh, and I think that'll about do it for us here on Talking Tigs. Tune in next week. We'll have the New Mexico State game. Anything else that happened in college football uh, or you know with LSU the LSU program that's of importance and worth mentioning. If it is, we're going to bring it to you folks. But until then, hope you all stay safe. Have a good week and stay tuned. And tune us to next time on Talking Tigs. Mm-hmm.